Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. We get to. We get to, not we've got to. It's our phrase for the year. And each week we're going to look at different elements of what we get to do. And now today I am going to look at we get to gather. Listen to this. We've got to gather. Who likes that? Listen to this. We get to gather. There's a choice, and it's a good choice to make if you choose to gather. We get to gather. Now, you may have never been here before. It might be that you've come to support our families that chose today to have their children dedicated. And, you know, these families, week in, week out, decide to gather in Arena Church. This is their home. It might be that you come here intermittently. You might be here week in and week out. What I want to say is, you've made a great choice today because today we get to gather. Now, I always think it's good to know why we do what we do because I think it helps us, doesn't it? Now, I grew up, my grandparents had three girls and they had two girls each. So I grew up with like six girls' cousins, and we did a lot together. We used to go to grandma's together, we used to go to church together. Our youngest cousin, Amanda, had a catchphrase. She didn't know it was a catchphrase, but we kind of realised it was a catchphrase when it started to get on our nerves. Because what she used to say was, why, what for, all the time. We're going to mama's, why, what for? We're going to have our tea now, Amanda. Why? What for? Put your shoes on, Amanda. Why? What for? She needed to know the why of what she was doing. And then when she knew, she cracked on with it. So I actually thought, I'm going to use that phrase today. Why do we gather and what for? Because I think it'll help us to understand why we get to gather and the reasons that we do it. And I'm hoping that knowing the why will actually help us all to prioritise it week in and week out. So I was thinking about the why. And when I thought about it, I thought, actually, there's not many places on a Sunday morning where you get free childcare. All the mums and dads said, that's a great choice to come together. Do you know, we also, you're really nodding there, Linda. We get a free cuppa, don't we? And it's good coffee. And today we even get cake too. That might be your reason of why we get together. We come to meet our friends to have a bit of a social, to have a bit of a catch-up. That might be why you choose to come together. But actually, there is so much more to it than that. You see, the why is actually found in the Bible. And I just want to say that here at Arena, we believe in what the Bible says. We believe it to be God's word. Is the best selling book out there. It always has been, and I feel it always will be. It actually relates to historical events. It helps us to understand God and helps us to understand what God wants for us. And in the Bible, we find our why of we get together. In Hebrews 10 25, it says, Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Did you hear it? 
It actually says we're commanded to gather. Or we're advised to. We're instructed to. It's good for us. It says let us not neglect it. God knows what's good for us. In Romans 8 it says, He knows us far better than we know ourselves. And that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. You see, gathering is good for us. Now the writer of Hebrews was saying, don't neglect it, don't avoid it. And the reason he was saying that was because people at that time were new to faith in Jesus. And they were starting to be ridiculed and persecuted and starting to be tempted to stop away from being in church. They were thinking it might be easier if we don't do that so that we're not persecuted. Do you know, a thought's just dropped into my head because actually how hard can it be sometimes to tell people that we go to church? Have you ever had that conversation on a Monday morning? Oh, what did you do at the weekend? Well, on Friday night I went out with my friends. On Saturday we had a family time. So we were at church. And then on, and you, you roll on. Because you don't want to actually mention it because that fear of being maybe teased or ridiculed. I really feel that's a word for young people, actually. On a, on a Monday morning when you get into school, just say, I've been to church. It might start a good conversation. It's okay to say it. Jack yesterday was saying he was never teased for being a Christian because it was just what he did. It was just he went to church and people were like, oh yeah, that's Jack and he goes to church. Be brave. Be brave and say it. It might start a really good conversation. So these Hebrews were tempted to stop gathering. And the writer was saying, keep doing it. But actually, for those that haven't been tempted, encourage the other ones to keep coming. We've got to encourage one another to keep gathering. So the why, we're commanded to. But how about the what for So I'm going to go through a few different reasons and purposes of why it's good to get together. And the first one I want to say is we get to worship together. And something happens when we worship together. God is present. It might surprise you, but we're actually, all of us, are created to worship and to serve God. You might not have ever heard that before. But it's true. We've started our service today in worship. It's just saying, you know, we love you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. It's that. That is what I mean by worship. We celebrate all that God is and all that God has done and all that God will do. Our worship team, I feel, do an amazing job. But they're not here to entertain us. They're actually here to help us get into the presence of God. Matthew 18, 20 says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. We get to gather to worship in God's presence. He is here. And you know when we do that, changes can happen. Circumstances can happen. In one of the songs just now, we were singing about, and we're proclaiming, proclaiming Jesus over our family. And in that moment, I just remembered my dad, who's actually not walking in faith anymore. And I was standing there saying, Jesus, have authority. Bring him back to church. Bring him back to get together. There is something that happens when we praise Jesus' name together. God is present. 
When we worship together, it helps us to keep our focus. Sometimes we need others, don't we, to focus, or I certainly do. You know, we can worship in our kitchen or at home, but for me, I might be, and then all of a sudden, I think, oh, I need to put a load of washing in. Or I'm hungry, I just need to get a snack. And my worship stops and I go and do what I need to do. But actually in this setting, it's unlikely, Lilia, that you're going to say to your mama, I'm just going to nip for a snack downstairs to the church kitchen. You probably wouldn't do it, would you? Because there's something that happens when we're all together. It keeps us focused on God. I was thinking about this and I don't mind doing exercise. It's not my favourite thing. But I know it's good for me, so I do it. Now, if I do a YouTube video and do a bit of a gym class, probably if they want 15 lunches, lunges even, I'm going to do, like, you know, don't judge my lunge. I'm going to do maybe five really well. But then, because I'm on my own and nobody can see what I'm doing, I'm going to be like, well, I'll just do the rest a little bit like that, because it really hurts. But if I do a gym class and I'm with people then I will do those 15 lunges really well because I'm motivated and I'm focused and I'm encouraged to keep doing them well. And worshipping together is just like that. It motivates us, it encourages us to focus on God, to make him our priority, to seek him first. Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he'll give you everything that you need. Gathering in worship helps us to prioritise God, to seek God and to focus on him. And there is power when we worship together. I asked Annie Thorpe, our um, worship pastor, who was leading the singing this morning, what happens when we corporately worship together, when we come together to worship God. I pinged her a really quick message and to be fair I expected a reply but not a reply within five minutes. You see she knew it, she'd seen it, she'd lived it, she sees the difference that when we worship together can make. This is exactly what she pinged back to me. It said this, when we come together to corporately worship we are standing together an army who is contending for our area, our campus, our families, those in our lives that are struggling and those that need Jesus. When we worship together, it puts things into perspective, no matter what season we find ourselves in. God is bigger. And as we come together and raise the praise, there is a sound of victory that comes from his church, I believe, this is Annie, God hears and wants to move amongst and the enemy hears and is frightened of. The enemy, the devil, he doesn't like us worshipping together. In fact, he does not like us gathering at all. In a morning, on a Sunday, he wants you to stay in bed. You see, he wants to divide and to conquer Because he knows what happens when we come together. We're like an army and there's power and we can claim victory in Jesus' name over the situations that Annie mentioned, over our families, over our campuses, over the struggles that we are finding in our lives. There is power that happens when we come together in Jesus' name. So don't stay in bed next Sunday morning. Come and gather. Go to your small group. Get with people 
that are with you and will pray for you. There's something that happens when we worship together. We are like an army, an army moving forward. God has the victory and the devil flees. We get together to hear God's word. That's what's happening right now. You know, a mum recently said, I do not like the process of coming out to church. Why is it that your kids will not get ready on a Sunday morning to get out the door? They do it for school every day, but on a Sunday it's a challenge. She said, I don't like the process. Sometimes it's easier to stay in bed, to put the kids in the garden and have a coffee, or to just put Netflix on. But she's never once regretted taking time to hear the teaching of the Bible with others. Never once regretted it. Hebrews 4.12 says, God's word is living and effective and it transforms our hearts as we hear it, read it and obey what it says. Hearing it with others, reading it with others will encourage you and encourage me to stay tuned to what we're hearing. It will encourage us to apply what we're hearing to our lives. God's word can be heart transforming. There's a couple in our church whose brother-in-law had a new heart at Christmas. Needed a new heart because the valves and the pumps and the nutrients just weren't being um, transported to where they needed to be. He needed a new heart. And when that new heart came in, there was a better flow, there was a better rhythm, and the nutrients went to where they needed to be. God's word can be heart transforming. So those blockages that we have of regret or bitterness or worry or fear or forgiveness, when we hear God's word and we apply it, can all be removed. And good nutrients can be sown in to us from God's word. But we do it together because we encourage one another to apply it and to make that change. Christian spoke just a few weeks ago on forgiveness. And I've had a few conversations and it's been my privilege to help people work out those forgivenesses that they need to move forward in. We encourage one another to apply God's word to our lives and it can change the way we think and it can change the way that we feel. Hearing God's word together does bring unity. Following Jesus is not meant to be a solo endeavour, it's not meant to be done alone. It's meant to be something that's shaped by community rooted in following God. So if you think you don't have time to gather, maybe it's time to reverse that and think, hey, I don't have time not to. What do we need to gather for? How about bearing witness to one another, encouraging one another? In Hebrews, I've already read it, it says encourage one another. In Thessalonians, it says encourage one another and build each other up. And in Galatians, it says share each other's burdens. We get together to bear witness to the fact that, you know, if life's tough, there is a community of people to turn to. When in a moment life can change, there is a community of people that will be there for you. When you feel alone, there's a community of people that will walk with you and help you. When you're struggling with that teenage son, there'll be a mum or a dad that's probably been there before that will help you and guide you. When you've got somebody in your family that is sick, there'll be somebody there to pray with you. Prayer makes a difference. Do you know if you're financially struggling, 
there will be a community of people there to advise you. Can you hear what I'm saying? There is something that happens when we gather, that we can encourage one another, that we can say that God worked this way in my life and he can do it for you too. When life is good, there will be a community of people there to celebrate with you, there to stand with you guys as you dedicate your child to God. A community to share the highs and the lows, to laugh with, to cry with. There is no other place, work, school, the pub, social club, where you will find a group of people that will show you love, care, support, encouragement, ultimately as part of their witness as how God has worked in their lives and can work in yours too. What do we need to gather for? It is good for us. It is good for our well-being. You know, I'm a nurse as well as a pastor, so I'm interested in people having good all-rounded well-being, you know, physically, mentally, and spiritually. It is a passion of mine. And being together, getting together, is good for us. Research says this. People who attend church regularly report stronger social support and less depression. You see, in the chaos of the everyday, you get time and space. You get to learn and know your sense of purpose, your sense of meaning. You get peace and you get joy. Gathering impacts us spiritually, physically and mentally. It enables a more happier and content life. That alone is a good reason to gather. The Bible says this, I was glad when you said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. It doesn't say I was sad. It doesn't say I was bad. It doesn't say I was mad. It says I was glad. You see, gathering in the house of the Lord is good for us. So the why and the what for of we get together. God knows what is good for us. I read it, didn't I? He knows what's good for us. We're commanded to, we're advised to, we're instructed to. See, when we gather and we worship together, God is present. We can keep our focus. We're as powerful as an army. When we gather, God's word will transform your heart and your mind. When we gather, we bear witness and encouragement to one another. When we gather, it is good for our well-being. And when we don't gather, we miss out on all of that. Martin Luther says this, the church gathering does not provide salvation. Only God does. But the saved one can't fulfill what it means to be a Christian apart from the church. And so the worship the word, the witness, and your well-being all together give us amazing reasons and understanding for why we get together and why our language and our conversation should be, we've not got together, but we get to gather. I wonder if you'd all just bow your heads and close your eyes. Martin Luther is right. See, coming to church 
doesn't actually make you saved. And that word saved just means a follower of Jesus or a Christian. See, only God can do that. And he's already made a way through Jesus. In that verse in Hebrews, it says, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You see, Jesus is coming back. And if we believe in him, we will gather together in heaven forever. And the benefits will be so much better than what we'd get here week in and week out. And I want to give you an opportunity today, while all heads are bowed and all eyes are shut apart from mine, to raise your hand and say yes to saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. Because your word, what you've done for me, will transform my heart, will transform my mind and will transform my life. So if you want to accept Jesus right now, I just want to encourage you to raise your hand and only me can see it and then I'm just going to pray for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you for the hands that are raised. I want to thank you for that decision that's been made with these people that they've said, yeah, I want to follow you. They've decided to follow you forever and spend eternity with you. And I pray that in these next few days and months and years, that they will grow in their faith as they gather together and that we will help them, Lord, to walk in your ways. Amen. Amen. So guys, we get to gather and I hope you understand the importance of it.